Hey, we are back with uh, Mike and Murph for Movie Marathon. Uh, we are here on our little micro episode run to do the last episode. But I would say, and we haven't recorded it yet. I think it's going to be the best episode because we are talking <laughs> about the 1985 uh, Chuck Norris vehicle, Invasion USA. Uh, which way, is, way to set the standard high. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's, we were talking about, I mean, it, this this is this is a another canon movie. And uh, it is, if I had to take all of the tropes of canon movies that I think are, you know, uh, uh, important and, and, and distinguish that group, I would say this movie manages to capture every single one of them. Um, uh, you know, it's jingoistic. It definitely doesn't like women. It doesn't value the acting. And it's got a lot of Uzis and bazookas. I'm like, you cannot ask for a better movie than uh, Invasion USA. So, and, and I would say every scene feels like it was one take. <laughs> or they were just rehearsing it and they're like, oh, sh- fuck it, let's just <laughs> yeah. put the camera on and see if we catch something. No, it really does. And a lot of that is Norris because he's obviously notoriously wooden as a performer. So. <laughs> It does feel like it was rehearsals and he wasn't aware yet. <laughs> like, wait, that's the take you're gonna use? Yeah, no, he, I know. I and they and they they maybe even saw what they did and they're like, eh, good enough. We don't need yeah, to yeah. really come back to that. I think that was the canon motto. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> it was. Um so uh, I also had high expectations coming into this, but I feel I've already let us down. I, I was out all morning looking for a boat of uh, migrants for us to murder at the start <laughs> of our podcast. Well, you are landlocked. So I think uh, probably, I, I that probably should have been my could job. Not, could not find any. So, unlike, unlike the guys to open this movie. Who... Well, I'm also... No, apparently know I'm... the location of all migrants crossing the ocean. All legal migrants who are secretly crossing the ocean. That I'm uh, <laughs> I'm also disappointed in myself. I failed to read the, uh, the novelization of this that came out in October 1985, which I need to go <laughs> buy a copy of that to see, to make sure it really adheres to the to the accuracy of this film um uh i also like a pretty fun read honestly <laughs> i also was going through the filming locations because you and i both well you spent a lot of time growing up most of most of your childhood growing up in georgia i grew up in georgia my entire life and uh um i am remiss in not going and seeing a lot of the places this was filmed in georgia <laughs> <laughs> or 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 south florida for that matter i live in florida now so i, I should I I really need to go down to uh, the Everglades and see if I can find his uh, airboat, his buddy's airboat business. <laughs> what was his buddy's name? Um, John Eagle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which was, uh, I think he's supposed to be a Native American guy who actually, or actually was a Native American, it looks like. And, but uh, um, yeah, the, man, we are just we're already getting, jumping into this. Um, <laughs> culturally, one of the most insensitive movies we've watched in a while, I would say. And it, it is, it's in that weird canon way where it's like it can't be offensive because it's so stupid. I don't know exactly who should be offended by this because it's a little bit of a mess, but someone should be, and maybe we all should. I, I do feel like if you're an american you should be offended slightly because this is again a this is like peak of golan globus applying what they think america's morality is and, and what like what they think are the, was a wholesomeness of america 
Well, and it's good news for good. them. I've got some neighbors who would say they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> I uh, I think there's a lot of MAGA hats coming out of this movie that uh, that really are like, yep, this spoke to something important within me that I think needs to happen. Yeah, which I, it's a little uncomfortable watching because it was like looking at like the current like gun culture and like how divided the country is. It's like I, I think Rostov kind of won like unintentionally. Like he didn't need to do this. He just needed to apparently get Donald Trump nominated for uh, president. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Rostov had only waited what thirty more years, he would have been right there. But would have gotten his wish. He would have got a lot less uh, dick shooting in. So. That's probably true. I mean, yeah, okay. All right, we're getting ahead. All right, all right. Um, I don't know, but if you told me the Trump campaign had a guy going around shooting people in the dick, I I would believe (laughs) it. (laughs) I would actually bet there's a conspiracy theory out there that that is something, you know, that that they were doing. So I I agree with you. I think um, (laughs) probably dick shooting is a platform that they they definitely worked off of. So... um, well, yeah, uh, so this is again, it's a it's a another canon movie. Um I have to I'd have to go check. That probably puts our count somewhere at like twelve or thirteen canon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've probably done an say, inordinate we, amount of their movies for the number of We may need a break for a little while. Yeah, from, we probably probably to do. even out those numbers of <laughs> we shouldn't be a quarter canon movies. And we've already done uh let's see. The director of this is Joseph Zito. We've we've already done twenty percent of his I think his film credits. Again, Did somebody you... else we should probably take a break from. <laughs> not that the director I thought we'd be hitting. So, no, so like, yeah. like what about Spielberg or no? We say that, but then we'll probably do uh, Friday the Thirteenth in like the fall or something. No, I think I think we are going to do him. Friday the Thirteenth, and we'll do. And Part Four is a good one. So, and and you pointed yeah. this out, like. 1984, 1985 professionally was probably a pretty good run for this guy because he's doing <laughs> Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter, missing an action, which we've covered, and then he's doing Invasion USA. And then it doesn't look like he does anything for three years, and then it doesn't look like he does anything for 12 years. Yeah, so. I was trying to researching him a bit, and it looked like maybe he got married and was working um, in the Middle East. I don't know if through the Canon connections, he got hooked into like working in Israel or something. On film productions, I was doing doing stuff there. But then there's also stuff of he has like taught at some different uh, universities in the U.S. and that. So I'm not sure what or like what went down with his career. I think he became more of a producer, maybe. Okay. Um, or maybe he just didn't want to work with Canon <laughs> for a while, which would be understandable. But uh, the the famous joke about about him is. When they were going, so he directed Friday the 13th, the final chapter, and that opened at number one of the box office. And the week um, Canon was going into production on Missing in Action, the, who they thought was going to direct, like, fell through. And so the joke is always that they just opened up, what's number one of the box office? Hire that guy. And that's how Joseph Zito got <laughs> pulled into Missing in Action, which I'm sure is what got him into Invasion USA. And Yeah, I, I don't. I, I would believe that, that 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 is that is highly likely that it's exactly how it went just because um Golden Globus has they have like a yeah. weird knack for getting talent and then they have a weird knack for just not getting the right talent. It's it's the strangest <laughs> it, well they have a weird knack for, yeah for getting a certain level of talent and then not paying enough to surround them with anything else. 
and then not really giving them full support but kind of giving them like control of their own vision so it's 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 so like <laughs> hard to judge it's like well they kind of let this person just go do what they want which is pretty awesome like but they sort of didn't give them the resources to, <laughs> they kind of promised to fully do this so. well and you bring up a good point is like there there are times with canon stuff it's really difficult to tell if it's just bad filmmaking because the script's bad or the director did a bad job or uh, I think Golan was the one who was going in and doing editing um, and helping mm. cut movies down. And I also want, I think this one is a prime example. I wonder if, if he just was bad about chopping so much stuff out of it. Cause you and I both had the same comment. There is zero exposition between scenes of like to tie anything together <laughs> towards the latter half of this movie. And it does feel like they were just chopping stuff out of the movie to, to, cut cut the runtime down and, and and just hit the action scenes because they're yeah la- i said last 30 45 minutes of this there there there's almost nothing from a story standpoint that that tethers scenes together no you're right and it becomes i know it took you a few viewings to watch this because you're probably doing it at night and we're falling asleep so. yeah i kept falling asleep but and I, I wake up and i'm like it's, what it's, I'm like, an understa- it's an understandable one to fall asleep from because there's no like momentum from scene to scene it's just like you're starting from scratch every time it goes to a new scene (laughs) it's not like it's not stimulating your brain into like following like an engaging story or plot or anything like that it's just like well now something else is happening and it's entertaining because it's like most of the time it's like a crazy thing is occurring uh with chuck norris but it's not the type of thing that like stimulates your brain so it's easy to see why you're the like go into like a comatose stage and more no, I, yeah and i the, the one that really sh- shook me was when he goes i think it's like i can't remember what happens exactly before i think it's the day after he rescues the the, the thing that happens at the mall the shootout that happens at the mall <laughs> they show him going to like a carnival that's been destroyed and people have been shot at and, yeah and, and uh, but then there's no explanation why he's there, and he's there by himself. And then I think he runs into his old handler from the CIA or whatever, <laughs> and exactly. they have a conversation there. But I'm like, oh, like, why? And you don't see what happened to so, you know, so happened at the carnival. So there's there is no explanation. Was Matt it. Hunter just going to the carnival for fun? That's what it feels like. <laughs> and got there and was like, not the carnival too. Those and then, bastards. And then there's the scene where the kids are being put on school buses to be taken away. Yeah, and which... he happens to be sitting in traffic while the terrorists decide that they're going to put bombs on the school bus, and he just happens to then drive up and stop the yeah, whole. It's the just movie like... basically posits that he's just driving around in his big ass truck, stumbling upon these like action sections. scenes. Like, I, yeah. it's like he just he literally is just driving into action sequences, <laughs> and all perfectly timed. Like, there's other one. There's the shootout where, um. What is it? The uh, the terrorists are, are 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 God. What are they dressed as? They're not dressed as a like construction. Maybe it was cops or was it construction which... worker? It's the end where the uh, Rostov's um, boss gets he kidnapped. He tries to kidnap that uh, reporter, <laughs> yeah. and then and then Chuck Norris uh, makes him shoot himself in the head by sneaking up behind him around a corner. I can't remember what they were dressed as, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah everything is everything there. is perfectly timed. It's amazing. It, I, it is like if he's like five seconds late, like a church blows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that too. He's just walking like, around downtown Atlanta, diffusing just bombs. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's impressive so um and i think you and i were talking about this but uh we really don't understand fully what like what the uh the story of this is how would you describe what 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 do you think the motivations for the bad guys in this (laughs) oh the motivations i (laughs) i have no idea but i guess it's it's supposed to be communist forces are trying to basically just destabilize America and turn Americans against each other. So they're just like shooting up places to like so fear and then going into minority communities like dressed as police officers and killing people. And but the movie at times it posits this is happening across the country. And but what we see, it seems to exclusively be happening in Miami. Or Atlanta. It's hard to tell sometimes or Atlanta, exactly yeah. where they are. Uh, and so it's hard to tell the scope of what they're doing. Because if they're if they're able, if like we're only seeing like a small piece of the operation, this is occurring in cities like across the country. It's like, okay, that's like a pretty, that's an invasion that would be pretty destabilizing <laughs> and a problem for the America and the economy and the different like people's reactions of what to do and but it really kind of feels like it's a pretty small and I don't know. It's just, yeah, it feels like you it, can just leave. It's that <laughs> and it, 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 it is it is a Latino specific insurrection. And so in 1985, it's like, well, Miami makes sense, but I'm not really sure Atlanta's that impacted. But it, it is weird. It's like. Yeah, I don't think they seem to have Cubans and Russians and, and Chinese. Yeah. And, 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 As but they, they never forces. actually, they never actually show you that. I don't think they ever tell you it's a race war is what they're trying to do. I mean, it seems like they're, they're just trying to sow dissent and they have some very specific ways of doing that, but we never like get a scene of like Rostov being like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And what our goal, like what we're hoping to achieve with that. It's just like, it's just chaos <laughs> yeah and i i um i do enjoy the chaos because the chaos to me right, is part is, of the fun it <laughs> is a lot is a lot of fun actually because it just doesn't it never really makes any <laughs> there's no like is this the actual like governments from those countries funding this it seems like it might just be rostov who's recruited these terrorists from places but that's then what is his i mean i guess he's a terrorist like terror is the goal but like i'm not sure what his actual motivations are other than he's like very pro-communism <laughs> i'm not sure he knows what his motivations are in this because he he, then, he, he turns on a dime on yeah he turns on a dime he's like hey we got this really complicated plot but i had a bad dream so we got to go murder this guy in South Florida. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, we can't go forward with this plan. Yeah. So Rostov, who's played by Richard Lynch, um, who uh, was on a, a two-part episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. So you just want to <laughs> make sure you hit that. that. Going. <laughs> yeah, it's like the most common throughput it's we the have. Most important this, part of this, this podcast. <laughs> uh, he's also, if our friend Jay is listening, uh, uh, text me a random quote from Werewolf if you're listening to this, because he's in a Mystery Science Theater episode where they do the movie Werewolf, and it's 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 a really good one. I highly recommend it, and he is wild in that movie. Um, much as he is in this movie um i'm not sure i've seen that's actually it. oh it's good you would, yeah it's i definitely recommend checking it out um, um but he him. apparently has ptsd from the time chuck norris or matt hunter 
captured him. <laughs> like he's you see this flashback where he's like going to like blow up, I don't know, assassinate someone and and Norris like catches him. Is he gonna kill him? Instead, just like kicks him in the face and like brings him in for justice. And Rostov has like nightmare, waking up in bed, covered in sweat, PTSD from this experience. And it's I, I was like, I, I, <laughs> I guess well, that's how terrifying Matt Hunter is supposed to be. <laughs> that <laughs> well, but I was thinking about it after we we, we kind of talked about it, like. What what happened after that interaction? So he stopped. He, Matt Hunter stops him from an assassination, and then they get in a fight. Does he not go to jail? Is he not captured? Like because yeah, you get Hunter telling like the CIA guy or whatever that like you guys should have like killed him when you had him or something or like done like so it seems like they captured him and he like faced some sort of justice and then escaped or was let go or like I don't know we don't we get nothing. <laughs> But the movie never even cares enough to tell you, like, to, like, even try and explain that. Like, they they kind of half-ass set up that there's this rivalry between the two, and then they never really touch on on any of the back backstory again. And, but it's, and, like, like, the most important motivating factor of so many things that happen is backstory. I would argue it is the motivating factor. I, I'm not even... I, yeah. If you told me that Rostov actually secretly had a... His original secret-secret plan was to just invade the u.s so he could and actually kill matt hunter instead draw out matt hunter to kill him it. yeah that seems because enti- that's what it seems like the plan is working until rostov his second in command is killed so no one can rein him in anymore and he takes the entire group to go find hunter and kill him <laughs> and fails <laughs> and yeah, fails because, i would argue that uh because it was a matt hunter trap classic uh, hunter mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love that because um uh I don't I wonder if, if this movie actually happens if Rostov had just left him alone like do, does Matt Hunter go out for revenge um because the, the whole motivation for Hunter was not not <laughs> the the invasion itself it was that they killed his friend and blew up his house like that yeah because they come ask Hunter for help and he's like nah I'm good <laughs> you guys get it <laughs> and then and then they and then Rostov blows up his house and so it's like all right I guess he's pissed off enough now that he's gonna have to do something about it but which is a, a pretty great sequence of <laughs> it starts with like four or five airboats like coming out of this like silhouetted in the sun going coming down like the Florida swamps and it's uh it really kind of like feels like a Michael Bay movie in the 90s <laughs> like some of the like opening like airboat shots it's like wow this is like pretty solid it's pretty good for a canon movie it is it is it looks cool and it's a fun setup um but it does make me laugh that uh that Matt Hunter is just chopping and cutting wood and then he goes inside and he's never alerted to the sound of I would have to imagine four airboats are loud as shit yeah, just rolling up on his house. <laughs> or I, is it a house or is it just like a shack? A like, shitty what? shack in the woods? Shack. <laughs> in, in, the, in the swamp, I guess. Yeah, it's, I, I would describe it shack. <laughs> Where he lives with a baby armadillo as <laughs> his pet. Um, and he doesn't hear anything other than than um what's his name? Uh uh, John Eagle screaming at him to to get out of there, um, and then right right when uh, Rustoff's team shoots and kills uh, John Eagle, uh, Matt Hunter, who's just hanging out in his house, is prepared to jump out the back window as soon as a an explosive is shot at his house, 
So his, his reaction skills are, it feels like if somebody yelled, that'd be like if my neighbor was like yelling out to me from my house, my first instinct would just be, I'm going to throw myself through a window. And, and, and <laughs> that's, and if, if there's nothing going yeah. on, well, okay, it should be it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm going to put some, um, some, some breakaway glass uh, windows <laughs> in my bedroom. Just start so jumping just through them. That. Yeah. Just start jumping through them. I like it. It's a good idea. It's a really good idea. It's an excellent um, idea. The funniest part to me is in this scene, um, cause it's pretty good. And then they blow up his entire, like this little shack he lives in. They blow the whole thing up. It is destroyed. Um, but he's already jumped out the back window. So, but Rostov, does he go like <laughs> check if they killed Matt Hunter, this guy who has who's like giving him literal nightmares and is apparently the only one capable of foiling this plan? Uh, no, they just drive off. Don't bother to go check if this like, highly and trained, done. like military expert and survivalist, like, <laughs> they mean, you know, had they any sort of you. ability to escape this because, you know, it's exactly the guy who you think would be able to live through that. And they did such a bad job that even the armadillo survives this because they've got to show you that. It's true. Um, they couldn't even get the armadillo, but they do get a, uh, they do get John. John they, they, they get a guy who's armed, but they can't kill an armadillo. So <laughs> uh, go figure. Uh, but no, I, I do love this whole setup. Uh, Norris never talks. Uh, he just he just basically dusts himself off, steals an airboat, and then he drives himself to where John Eagle's truck is, and then he steals John Eagle's truck. And all of a sudden, that like that's the the revenge. Like he, he's out for revenge and doesn't know where he's going. I mean, I don't. He just goes to that Cuban bar, right? Like that's like that's his. I think he just got the Cuban like pizza stand. Yeah, Cuban pizzeria, like as as one as one enjoys. Actually, you know what? There's a Cuban restaurant down the street from me that that does advertise pizza. Ooh. So maybe maybe I need to check that. Like maybe Matt Hunter knows something. I need to go find out <laughs> about uh, Cuban cuisine. Which so Matt Hunter's there sitting there, he's drinking one beer, having whatever he's having at the uh, Cuban pizzeria stand. Um. It for some reason is like it feels like like this is Chuck Norris's life, <laughs> like <laughs> having a single beer, eating takeout, <laughs> and then going home. It's that, or it's what he thinks like an American yes, a man's um, yeah, life is. That's is probably like, more. Accurate. I'm tough. I I I I drink beer and I hang out in in bars and talk to interesting people. Like it's just. It, it is this weird American, like out of touch with America. He feels out of place, yeah, in a way that is conspicuous. Like, like yeah. t- today, if somebody did that, everybody would be like, "That guy's a fucking weirdo." Like, don't talk to that guy. Like, like, <laughs> like it would be somebody who stands out to you is like, there's something wrong with him. But I feel like in 1985, it's this weird masculine identity thing that he's trying to like craft that just doesn't work outside of that that time period. <laughs> I mean, it's the same character he basically plays in Delta Force, right? Like, like yeah. he plays uh, yeah, Scott McCoy. And who, I, uh, I don't know how uh, dressing all in denim played in 85, but... <laughs> does he do it in both movies? I think he does, I, right? I think so, yeah. He's got a Canadian tuxedo the entire time. That doesn't time. help anything either. <laughs> uh, no, he looks... Well, he looks... Re- like, like it, we, we should talk about, like, he looks pretty damn good at the beginning like uh it's him on an airboat just riding across the marsh with an open shirt and it's like <laughs> like he is aggressively masculine in this entire movie <laughs> which on the airboat i thought um because this 
obviously the wind's pretty intense in his face. And what it was doing to his face, I was like, oh, I might owe an apology to Delta Force 2. I thought there was some bad um, stuntman shots of where it's like, <laughs> obviously a stuntman because of how weird the face looked. And I was like, that might no, have just been Chuck Norris. That <laughs> might be what his face looks like when it gets wind intensely blown into it. That's just Chuck. Yeah. That's just Chuck being himself. Um, no, he he does. He he looks good in this, but but yeah, he he it's he really can't emote whatsoever. He just looks kind of has like he has this permanent grimace on his face, even when he's doing like uh, uh kind of that pithy pun type stuff with with bad guys, like yeah. <laughs> where he should be able to have a chance to sort of have fun with it. He he still has like the stone faced, um, like like all right. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is. Him delivering lines versus him trying to not react to being blown in the face by forty mile an hour winds are exactly the same. Like there's no difference in his in his expressions or his. Uh, like, so like reactions. when like when like Schwarzenegger delivers like a one liner, there's like a wry smile behind it. Yeah, even like, early in his career when he's not the greatest actor, like there's like Norris seems like <laughs> kind of depressed. <laughs> like, there's like no, he doesn't seem like he's having fun. <laughs> Because he's so serious, he's like, he's so earnest about the whole thing, which is what the kind of the draw of this is, uh, which makes it, makes it campy that he's taking it seriously and is earnest with everything. Um, and it's like, no, you're supposed this is supposed to be funny. <laughs> like, yes, in the real world, that would make you a homicidal maniac <laughs> that you are making jokes before murdering people. But in the movie world, like that's the fun <laughs> of it. <laughs> I I think. Speaking of earnest, we should point out because I think I think again there's some earnest movie making from Canon and, and and Chuck Norris. Um, you want to talk earnest. about Ernest goes to jail? Uh, I do. I do want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about the evil Ernest that uh, tricks everybody. Um, no, uh, so this was this was some of the same crew as uh, the missing in action people. Like I think uh, Aaron Norris, who we talked about as the director for uh, Delta Force Two, Aaron Norris is a writer on this, and I, I think there is some earnest like. I, I do feel like we are we are we are getting a deeper insight into like the Norris family politics and, and understanding of like what it is to be a be an American. This it's, is it's making crazy. me want to watch a couple episodes of Walker Texas Ranger because <laughs> I, I kind of like did they finally find like the right vehicle to use like the right character for him because um, there's a reason like chuck norris became like a minor star like he does have something in the screen presence you just need the right but he can only play like one character and you need to find that character and write like write for that character um and i was like i don't know like maybe like that is i could see that working in that kind of deadly earnest sheriff from texas that like yeah yeah that could potentially but i don't know i've never seen enough walker texas ranger to uh, say if they really achieved that i same my grandfather used to love it and i would have to watch it with him every now and then when i went over to see him but uh i i it is they are hard movies hard shows to get through from what i remember and i'm actually looking at it right now um i was trying to see uh because he does a show or a movie for this, uh, probably a year year or two before, called uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, and it's about being a Texas Ranger. And he has the same thing where he lives in a shitty house and just drinks beer, but he's also like ripped and like the best <laughs> cop on the force. So it's like it's it's like one of those where he wants to to kind of 
be masculine and and like an everyman, but at the same time, like, um, you know, he's also perfectly fit and shaped. It's just like these two things that actually don't don't ever go together. But uh, um, it does not look like Aaron Norris had a Aaron Norris plays punk or a punk in that movie, and that's all his his credits are for that. <laughs> so it's, so it, yeah, that's. It, one of the Chuck Norris things, obviously, one of the selling points is like he looks kind of like a dad. Like he has a more everyman generic look, even though he's like really fit. It feels like an achievable level of hero of like oh like for and I'm probably touched on this of like a regular guy can be like yeah I could get my shit together and yeah I, I need like that. and he's not like he's not Schwarzenegger or Stallone or no or, or even like a Van Damme who it's like. My body would probably just never <laughs> look like that without, you know, steroids or. No, I, uh, that's why I, that's why I'm juicing. I got to make nice. sure I uh, I get to that. Good, uh, very good choice. I'm actually juicing to get to a Chuck Norris body. That's the weird part is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, we we are deep into this. I was going to ask, do you have any any recollection of like your first your first experience seeing this movie because because oh, the, this has some really yeah. meme memeable moments but i can't i'm not sure if i remember my my first time seeing it i know i watched it several times as a kid on tv or stuff i don't did or anything um and i do think you're right we were texting some friends i do think we did this at a movie marathon at one point i thought so like like 15 um, years ago or something yeah that, that sounds accurate <laughs> um but obviously i was like two years old when this came out so it's not no memory of that <laughs> uh but it's the one that always stands out to me of the ending i would always remember of the big shootout in the office building yep the airboat stuff and the swamp stuff at the beginning and that's almost was so ingrained in my brain I think part of my brain thinks every Chuck Norris begins that way with him in a swamp in a shack <laughs> getting recruited to come help fight bad guys. And like every time a Chuck Norris movie doesn't start that way, I'm, I'm, my brain is like slightly disappointed. I'm like, oh, it's not that movie. <laughs> um, so I think I always remember this one. I was like, oh, that's like the best Chuck Norris movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we can wait to talk about it at the end, but we we should ask if this if this we think this is the best um, Chuck Norris movie, at least the ones we've covered. I I actually think it it might be. Um, oh, not like maybe the on real, on, yeah, like the kind of run of Chuck Norris action movies. Yeah, yeah, I'd have, I would probably agree. And the I, other I, thing I always remember is uh, learning when I moved to Georgia and we'd go to the airport in Atlanta of learning <laughs> the expansion they put on it, uh, Canon blew up a bunch of the stuff in that neighborhood that they were getting ready to demolish to, for filming in this movie. That's, that is one of my favorite pieces of trivia. I, I think about every time I, I land in Hartsfield, I do think about that. I'm like, am I landing where, where Ross, <laughs> Rostov blew Rostov. up a, a neighborhood of kids uh, celebrating Christmas, which we also forgot to talk about. This takes place. This is so wild. It's, it, it's taking place over Christmas, but then they land in Miami where it looks like it's the middle of June and yes. everybody's in Speedos <laughs> and the, and everybody's outside and like, so it's, it's, it's weird. Like I, th this it's movie such a is so out of time. <laughs> to set it at Christmas, but in Miami. <laughs> I mean, this is the year after Miami Vice was, was 
out. Oh, and you're I'm right. also because that was '84 was the was season one, yeah. and I'm, I'm also wondering if that's just canon trying to like no, it's play up, that. Play right. up on that. And, and this is what two years after Scarface, which is set in Miami. So I, it feels like canon's yeah, like we got to get to Miami, we got to film something that here. Feels 100 accurate. But, but yeah. then from a plausibility standpoint they're like well we have you you're not gonna cause an insurrection out of just miami so it's like it's, it's weird it's yeah. like i think it's like they're trying to to your point about the the director and just saying okay what's 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 the hottest thing right this second <laughs> it does feel like they're just pulling on those strings and just, just grabbing for stuff that's like yeah people are gonna love this let's just do this let's somehow shoehorn all this crap into this movie it's gonna be it's great so it's so canon like adding manipulative melodrama to be like yeah. It's not enough. They're, they're attacking the suburban neighborhood. The people have to be putting up Christmas decorations. And like, and these we're gonna... these terrorists are ruining Christmas. Like, the literal war on Christmas. Well, that's what is funny to me is, is this is done by two Israeli guys who I would presume are, are, are Jewish. But they go so far just to show you how offensive to Christian morals this is because at the end of it they're trying to blow up a church where people are instead of it being at home during a coup they're they're stumbling their way across these streets to go to church it's just we like weird like jingoistic choices all the way through this movie it's so fucking strange which but they do seem like the choices that would be made by people who have we're not born into those values but have kind of chosen them yes and so they have to go over the top to prove like how much they have embraced these values it this feels like this is this is laced with ideas of stuff that there are people out there who hope this would happen like they oh really want yes. this to actually be an event and this is this is their justification for buying just a lot of guns and owning a lot of guns yeah like they are waiting like this is like their dream this to happen i mean and i, I imagine if it really happened they'd be shitting themselves and yeah like, like most them. normal but, people but but i mean this is what's uh, scary but yeah this is the scenario in their mind that could occur that they have to be ready for <laughs> and they're and they're hoping for they're hoping for i think like they're oh, yeah, I get to, I get to shoot somebody yeah um, since i had in my notes when chuck norris is in his like raised pickup truck and pulling a bomb off the side of a school bus it's like yeah i feel like half the people i meet who have raised pickup trucks like some like honestly like chuck norris is like lives in the swamp so like that's a pretty that's why you will have a raised pickup truck for like that's your life scenario but most of them in the suburbs it's like yeah you're secretly dreaming that you get to go off road to take a bomb off a school bus like that's what you're that's the scenario you're planning for in your head. Well, to your, to, I think to your point, this movie is a little dangerous in the sense that it's it it almost is promoting a mindset that that's not that's dangerous. Uh, maybe for, for like for all these to, movies, to, like, to a degree, do because it's all like vigilante justice and like. Um, but but I don't, this feels like a particular like right-wing gun nut job wet dream scenario of yeah i could be matt hunter i uh i, I don't think it feels like i think it is just a wet dream <laughs> yeah like, yeah that, that so it feels it vaguely well. uncomfortable at times like watching it because not because of the, the well i mean a little bit because of the movie itself but like it's a canon movie it's a chuck norris movie this is supposed to be like 
campy and we're kind of laughing at it. It's, a, it's the people who are watching this like earnestly. That's like, that's, that's really concerning. I am, this is making me worried about the person out there who's also watching this movie, but and like actually feeding into it. Like, and, yeah. yeah. It's like cheering everything on of like, yes, yes, this is what I want. It's exactly what I was worried about. I was worried about all those Cubans uh, potentially invading Atlanta. It's like, all right, great. <laughs> it's not good. Um, yeah, I uh, we should also talk about. Um, uh, well, I was gonna say, I, I guess let me let me fall through in that thread. I I don't remember exactly my first time watching it. I feel like it was on Fox fifty four on an afternoon, like like in uh, when I was a kid. I just caught it on a Saturday or something, but I, I I really can't remember. But there's stuff rewatching it this time. There was stuff that I'm like, God, I I I still can't believe this is all I can remember of it. Like Rustoff shooting people in the dick. I'm like, one, I forgot it happened twice. Um, but that scene with uh, Billy Drago, which we're going to talk about, and then uh, <laughs> when you stumble upon something like that, you got to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, but there's it's weird how to your point, like there's stuff that I really remember, which is is that. But then the entire school bus thing, and then there's big chunks in the middle that I'm just like, I just am blank on that I just didn't remember of this movie. And it's weird well, how it always surprises me. It's like, oh, right. This is the movie where like the bad guy is like shoots guys in the dick because <laughs> there's no there's nothing that ties the things together no. to your point earlier. So every individual scene is like a surprise at like, Oh, this. And I think that's kind of, we talk about our friends not remembering if we had watched this or not. Uh, it's like, these could all be scenes from any Chuck Norris movie. They really could. They, like they would just be completely interchangeable to just be dropped into just about any other Chuck Norris movie. And it just be like, okay, yeah, this is what's happening now. Well, now, now we're talking about it. I was, I, I, what I really don't actually know the justification for is when, um, Rostov goes to meet Billy Drago, who's a drug dealer, and it seems to be for some sort of coke, you know, some sort of coke deal. Um, why is he there? Like, I don't know. What? <laughs> like, yeah. what is what is he accomplishing by buying or selling coke or whatever, and then ripping off uh, Billy Drago? Like, I I don't like. It just they never pay it off. Like it just doesn't have like a. I think it's supposed to just be more destabilizing things. That because he <laughs> doesn't take anything, he just goes in and kills everybody. Yeah, and so I think he's. They're just trying to create violence to like spread the police thin or something, or just like create just chaos. But it's just like so oddly like I don't know it's. Because we're never told the motivation, you kind of have to help the movie along and come up with yeah. it. Yeah. And but so it's like it feels just like a one-off weird drug deal that went bad without for no, any for no real right. reason. Um, yeah, and it was just like an important person in like the Cuban drug world. So you're creating a power vacuum in a gang war or something like. Uh, they could I, I can invent many scenarios that make this <laughs> <laughs> but we're never told anything just <laughs> rostov goes in shoots the guy in the dick kills everyone else leaves and that's that's like that's hey, it let's, let's not forget the guy who owns the building comes in and steals the <laughs> yeah. cocaine before the police get there <laughs> which is a fun touch it felt kind of racist <laughs> oh just a bit just a little uh, 
But then, like, I always want to be careful with that. Cause it's like, well, it's just like one random character in the movie, like taking cocaine, like just because he happens to be black doesn't make it racist. But it's also like a canon movie where it's like, well, I feel some racial racial motivations behind yeah, these character choices. I would say they don't have a good history of like promoting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they don't get the benefit of the doubt, Anna. Uh, yeah, like, like I mean, I, I think they they continue to establish their run of uh, we hate women in this when you see how they treat people during that uh, that mall shootout, and uh, yeah, so I just think the rust off thing shooting shooting uh, Billy Drago in the dick. I don't know why. Like, th- there's YouTube clips out there that are just that thirty seconds, and it's it's if you watch it out of context, it is the most insane. Like, yes. how do you ever explain to any, anybody what movie this fits into where this you could ju- justify any of this? I have no idea. It's I love yeah, it. And it, 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 it. It doesn't. Yeah, it's great, but it doesn't even really fit. It's jarring in this movie. I mean, obviously, it's supposed to be. But well, but to your, to your point, even watching it in this, I'm still not sure it fits into any kind of logical explanation <laughs> yeah. of like why a, why somebody would do this, why it's appropriate for this to be to be shot this way it's just i I guess it's just to show you that rustoff is crazy that's maybe that's all (laughs) all it's here for but the movie never comments on it either or like no they don't it just happens twice it's like rustoff's move but like no character ever like mentions like man that's the guy he just shoots guys in the dick all the time it's weird (laughs) like like, (laughs) i think that's his thing well it's never like the cops show up and are like oh man like that corpse over there like like be careful what happened to him he got his dick shot off. guy yeah which i mean i'm not a i'm not a doctor i feel like you could you could shoot somebody in the dick you're never, you're probably not going to die right away though i feel like that's just you're probably just going to bleed out eventually but i don't think you're going to just kill over like, dead yeah it's i mean don't get me wrong it sounds horrible but it's not yeah immediate death you've got a long suffering path ahead of you um well, uh, let's see. So um, this takes us up to, I guess, right, Matt Matt Hunter's back, and he is starting to do his crime-solving thing of just, like, he's finding random Cuban guys to uh, to beat up and get information out of. Uh, I do enjoy the thing that he's, that he it is revealed that when he's in one of these fights, he is just carrying around loose grenades inside of a vest or a <laughs> yeah. jet, his, his jean jacket. <laughs> Doing roundhouse kicks with grenades. Yeah, probably hook, hooked into him somewhere. And then, um, uh, what what is this? He meets the reporter. It's hard because I feel like, again, this movie just doesn't have any... There's no cohesion between the scenes. So I'm trying to be like, All right, what is the sequence of like... I rust right. off, shoots, shoots the like guy. The reporter sees him at like the beach thing. Yeah, maybe, but I then, think you're right. And then randomly sees him later and she always calls him like cowboy boy and like yeah well he's right i mean uh, he's just kind of ridiculous he's wearing yeah jean jacket jean pants and, and jeans so it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah yeah i, I, I kind of buy that oh no no it's fine it's just a funny uh touch in the, but then they randomly encounter like she's randomly there she's at, at the, the same random places he's stumbling upon at the grocery store <laughs> well and that god i didn't even think about it but does norris even know do they even give him enough to tell you that there's gonna be a bomb at that mall like no, they. I mean, he just drive, and so yeah, he drives his truck into the mall. But how does he know? <laughs> I guess he, he. No, I think, 
I think the reporter hears something is going down at the mall. And but also said, seems okay. pretty extreme on his part to drive the truck through. Like we've seen all the chaos that's happened. I'm, but his choice hasn't. to do that is unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he like, like no way of knowing what consequences this is gonna like where things are at, or there's not like people also trying to flee them all that you're gonna like run over. But the important thing was he wasn't wrong. That's that's all that matters. Which I love that scene so much. It's so are you first see the guy who's gonna drop the bomb off at this pool in a speedo, and he's he is so relaxed. He's living I it up. Don't think he's part like when he they first show him. I don't. Th- I think he's just a random extra at the pool who's not part of this like operation. Because <laughs> and then Rostov goes and sits by him. It's like oh, it's like Rostov sitting by just like a casual person, and like, it's like no, this guy is going to be the bomber, and he is like so chill. And then when he goes to the mall, he is so nervous. <laughs> His whole energy <laughs> like exudes like this guy's doing something wrong. And well, he leaves the thing, and they're chasing after him, trying to give it back. And he's in such a panic, like I, running through the mall. It's hilarious. That it, that's my favorite part of this movie is is him his like brisk walk run to try and get <laughs> yeah. away from from being basically uh, caught having to carry his own bomb back out, and then. Um, that there's already four <laughs> guys with, with which this guy's trying to return it to him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, like sprinting through the mall. Hey, buddy, your buddy, you forgot your package. Your package. Um, it's that, and I, I think what made me laugh was to that scene you're talking about earlier when they first show him it. I think they're at the Fountain Blue in Miami, which is a, a pretty famous um uh hotel on, on the beachfront. It's also where they shot some scenes for Scarface, and I believe they also shot uh Police Academy Six there when they. Who's gonna be five? Um, whichever one they they go to Miami. Um uh and it's funny to me that these guys are trying to cause an insurrection, but then in the middle of the entire mission, they're just like, Well, we're gonna go have a meeting at the beach, and I'm gonna give this guy a bomb in a very public place in a speed like why is in a speed? It's like I don't you don't have to do that shit out in public, guys. Like like there's no reason. It's just it's just weird canon choices of of like yeah let's let's shoot it on Miami Beach, but but let's have all of the bad guys who who should be stressed out and should be really focused on what they're doing, relaxing and having yeah. like a pina colada a spa day. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just weird. It's like I couldn't tell you if this takes place over six months or if it takes. Yeah. It feels like it takes place over either twenty four <laughs> hours or over six months. Like there's no if discernible you get, time. You get conflicting answers to that constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Because all of the people who who are trying to escape Florida or Atlanta mobilize and they set up like like refugee camps. Right. It, it seems like it's in like six hours that all that shit happens. And it's 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 oh man, I love I love how little of a shit they give to actually make any of this come together on <laughs> any any coherent form. I yeah. love it. And it, it- feels like, it, like you just middle ground it and it's like yeah it's like a week and a half <laughs> you're probably right that probably is what it is but man matt hunter gets around that week and a half uh all right well, that's the other thing he like stumbles across all these every things. single place they're gonna be <laughs> yeah well at least every single place so that feels you. like it would have to take place over an extended period of time yeah i mean he had to drive from miami to atlanta that's a 10-hour drive alone like that's not <laughs> that is not a quick quick jump or a jump I guess I, that that also goes back to I, I'm I'm giving this movie a lot of shit, but I, I do 
kind of wonder if if there's supposed to be this implication there's all this other stuff happening that we just don't see and the idea is they're just trying to keep the the, the story focused on on hunter and rostov's interaction yeah. and uh, but it drives me crazy in the movie they need like five more lines it's not even like they need scenes they need like one of us like <laughs> just like go in and be like oh like like the Los Angeles operations going well, like yeah, Boston that. hits some snags. Like, like yeah, that, it's that. just like this is happening across the country, and we're seeing like, like it's it's a it. it's a pandemic, and you but you never you never see it. And you're right; like they could just tell you, and I think that would be infinitely yeah. more helpful like, to trying to move this. Forward. And just be like, okay, this is a big scoop. Because at one point, there's like a news report, and it's like. Due to all like the terrorist actions, the Dow dropped thirty points. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Is that a lot?" That doesn't feel like a lot in two thousand twenty, right? I and mean, maybe it was different in like eighty five. Like, but that feels like a normal day. That wouldn't even be remarked upon in the news. Like, uh, so I was like, "Okay, this seems to be having very little impact." If that's the case, like, yeah, I um, I I don't think they're doing a great job, and I, I um, I think that. Uh, to your point, when Rostov's left in charge, his his immediate goal is just to go kill Matt Hunter. Which <laughs> uh, we should talk about what Matt Hunter. So I didn't. I I guess looking back now, it makes sense that that um, Hunter Hunter is kind of tagged as being a vigilante after was it after the he saves those kids from from the bomb, the bombs, and after he's he's gone through the mall, <laughs> he's being tagged as a vigilante that has to be brought to justice. So the police, of course, and they and they they do this. It's either the police or the FBI. All throughout this, they, the police are talking about basically how they're how they're doing a bad job. Like they're owning up to they they have done a bad job stopping this insurrection, and they capture Matt Hunter using what looks like all of the police force from the Blues Brothers uh, at the end, where it's just well, like important. Matt Hunter allows himself to be captured. <laughs> well, that's why I love that. That's why that's like the most Chuck Norris of this is. They bust into his hotel room where he's 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 sitting with an open shirt and he's watching some sci-fi movie and he's smiling to himself like it's um I forget what it's called but it, it, the title is like Invasion. It, there isn't a 1952 movie called Invasion USA. Yeah, um, I think, think it might. You may I think it might that. be that, uh, which is more than I'd normally give canon credit for. To... I well, last time we saw Chuck Norris um, as <laughs> in a motel, in action, he was he was watching uh, an extended. Watch Twenty minutes Spider-Man of Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed that this is post that deal, <laughs> and we didn't get it. We didn't get any. Um, uh, we Spider-Man didn't get cartoon. another episode of Spider-Man. Yeah, I was like, could have watched an entire episode of it. But it is funny that they have all these guys break in, and uh, uh, he's just no reaction. Like, literally, I don't even think he turns his head. He just sits in bed, and he's just like, "Okay, guess I'm going to jail now." Yeah, <laughs> and. The guy, the cop who captures him doesn't seem to be in on the plan. No. Because he's, he's like, you son of a bitch. We finally got you. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay. It, 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 yeah, like the way that this is actually presented. Sorry. Uh, later on, as if is is as if Hunter and the FBI had been in on this the entire time that he's going around, you know, killing killing these uh, these terrorists. But then the way they show it to you on, on screen, it, it's like there's no connection or relationship um, uh, at all. Like there's no there's no way they could possibly have had all this set up. It's just weird. 
it's like they're trying to trick the the, the audience just long enough for them to make the plot make sense and then and then it doesn't matter <laughs> just, again just to get to the final showdown of <laughs> Where they get to drive every tank in the world <laughs> into, this, <laughs> into downtown Atlanta. Into the, yeah, I uh, I wish I could ask him now because I was looking at this and I guess the, the place where Matt Hunter was supposed to be kept was the Georgia Pacific building. And my grandfather used to have an office there. <laughs> I was like, damn, I really, really, I wish I could have gotten a story of like, yeah, I couldn't go to work one day because uh, <laughs> they were filming Invasion USA. <laughs> so that's a scene that always, um, always works for me in the kind of nondescript office building. Yeah. As far as like bringing terror to America or attacking, it's like, Oh, this feels like, I don't know. A little bit of that, like bringing a scary element to what would normally be kind of a safe environment. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me a lot of the end of uh, they live where there's a couple of shootouts inside of um, a, uh, an office building as well, or it's supposed to be a TV studio, but yeah. 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 Yeah, I uh, so, good. I was just saying one thing. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on is they do this invasion scene where it's, <laughs> it's like D Day, where like all these boats are just like dropping these like communist terrorists off on the beach in Miami, and they're just like storming up the beach. But that's a prelude to that. When they're in Atlanta, blowing up the suburban neighborhood, Rostov has this like tiny little monologue. Where he's like, "Look at these people." so unprepared for what's coming to them <laughs> it's like well, well there are all these people at home like what do you like you think in like communist russia like everyone is like i'm sure there are houses where people live in their houses and live their life without thinking they yeah need, there like, are suburbs military in russia like that's that's a th- i mean action, like to be prepared for like it's like an insane viewpoint of like do you want everyone to just be like on constant military alert or like what what is your point here but so they're trying to be like the decadence and softness of America. So to really hammer that home before they do this invasion, there's two teenagers on the beach and uh they're hooking up but they also have a portable tv with them where they're watching like johnny carson or something and those are like the first two people killed in the invasion and it's like <laughs> two people banging on miami beach watching a tv while watching know, tv it seems like it's like that's the decadence of america <laughs> is that like the first instance we see of netflix and chill in a movie uh <laughs> as two people hooking up watching a, a portable tv in, in 1985 Amen. Can't miss Johnny Carson. Yeah, is anybody getting laid watching Carson? I don't think that's happening. I think that's not. I think that's more oh, of a bust that kill. all the time. <laughs> you think so? Just based on the time. I mean, based on how long he was on TV and it was on like every night <laughs> and what time it was on. I bet there was a lot of banging during Johnny Carson. I mean, Carson is the ultimate aphrodisiac in 1985. <laughs> 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 Went to the beach. Um, hey. Which my favorite part is the second in command, Nico, is like walks up and is like watching the TV and like enjoying it for a little while. And then is like kind of like sad is like, oh, I guess we have to destroy all this, though. <laughs> like, oh, stupid. That Johnny Carson, he is pretty good. <laughs> it's like he will live in, in the post in the post revolution United States. Johnny yeah, Carson will live on. <laughs> um, well, I, it's funny because they do go back to. um to the same idea when they go to Atlanta to blow up the the uh, neighborhood. Um, I, I really enjoy that there's this shitty Pontiac uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, like Fiero or something that's that's parked on the street and there's like 
dozens of kids running around. There's people putting up Christmas lights around them. And there's two teenagers that are just going at it in the front, like brightly lit going at it in the front seat of a car. Yeah. And just like, okay. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, they are hardcore making out. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that guy, that guy might get lucky for the first time that night, but nope, <laughs> Rostov, uh, Rostov killed it for him. Yeah. Although they do show. Oh, almost, they kind of take pains in that scene at the end to kind of show just about every person survived. Yeah, it's weird. It feels cause... like, which then feels super racist when they just let all the Cuban people be murdered. Uh, yeah, there's there's no regard for those people. Uh, are, it's like, well, America destroyed. won't stand for watching white people die, but oh, the Cubans, we can just kill all them. Uh, oh, the yeah, quinceanera but... that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a little strange, though, because the quinceanera is happening at like, 9 30 at night in downtown Miami. it's like i don't know like this didn't seem like the appropriate time for a 16 year old's party but what do i know hey or yeah, no wait no you know? that was the one that takes place in the afternoon i'm sorry okay yeah and then there's another more nightclub there's a nightclub one where, where one. they just roll yeah, up and they they start shooting, shooting people yeah. never mind all right i got that wrong but you're right there is like a no fucks are given for cubans and this like by, by golden globus like it's <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty on the nose so i um I, I'm trying to just think of like what other scenes we should talk about in this because this is so. It just it's weird. Like the movie, I would say in my head went on 45 minutes longer than I remember it having. Yeah, because scenes for you it, could for, cut out like 30 minutes, and like you wouldn't miss any anything. Plight. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I would miss a lot of those scenes because they're crazy and fun and it's like wild to watch. But it wouldn't like harm the movie at all. Like it would keep like no, 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 no nothing would be lost. I um, I, I yeah, I, I'm just I, I'm going through my notes and we talked on it. You know, I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but uh, uh, Rustoff's assassination attempt, where where it's foiled by Matt Hunter. He's he's planning to use a bazooka as the way to shoot somebody <laughs> for the, the the weapon to get a send take a message. <laughs> Got to send a message. Uh, we talked about Cuban pizzerias and um, yeah, I I don't know. Like this is just such a wild. It's the pinnacle of canon. It's just it's it's disjointed movie making. It's it's B level talent behind the camera and in front of the camera, and it's it's crazy action sequences that, that are very as loosely strung together as possible. And I love that the, the way this ends is that, um, uh, what is it? Rustoff, uh, and, um, Matt Hunter have a, have a bazooka shoot off or, or <laughs> bazooka fight at the end of this in, indoors, <laughs> indoors. And then he blows him out of a window, right? Like he just yeah. launches a, a, a an M72 law at him and just blows him up. And then what do you get? Do you get like the, the rebuilding of America? Nope. You go straight to black and this movie is yeah, over. Yeah. We are done. That's all we needed to see these terrorists die. Everything's okay now. <laughs> Never mind the rampant destruction and distrust that's been sown throughout America. We're all good. Well, so this, the, I, I've seen varying things on this. I've, the budget seems to be, you know, 12 million. Uh, to make this, which feels really high, I think that's like half of what they spent. They spent like twenty five million for for Life Force, I think, and that was a big box office flop. And I've seen anywhere from this made seventeen million to forty million dollars. So I don't know what it made, but 
it's hard to see where all that 12 million went when they've cut so much out of this airboats and tanks like that's got to be it right (laughs) yeah and i i do think this was um and I, i don't know how accurate you know, some IMDb trivia, but this was a massive um, VHS hit. That's yeah. I, I, I guess it's hard DVD. to size. It that, was right? a big like um, home video title for MGM. I I love it. I love the poster. Like I love the movie poster because the movie poster is just that mall. His him in that mall outfit with two Uzis, and I'm like, if you had to describe the entire movie, like that poster pretty well sums it up. <laughs> It's just, yeah. just Chuck Norris looking fierce. It's, with for a guns. canon movie, it's a uh, it's an unusually accurate um, <laughs> depiction of the movie. Other than I think it has the White House on it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it does. Or it's got the Capitol. The Capitol but building. They, they or, never, yeah. which they never go to. Yeah. Um, and but it's, it's like, yeah, that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's. So, I have some questions on Matt Hunter in his life. <laughs> Oh, let's talk about him. So his life seems like not one to judge. If he's happy, that's that's great. But his life doesn't seem so good <laughs> to start this movie out. He's living in a shack in a swamp. He seems to have one friend. Well, he's got the armadillo. Yeah. It's, it's... He, he has oh, an armadillo. He's, he's, gator, he's gator wrangling, which we did not talk on. <laughs> which that really seems to be Chuck Norris wrestling an alligator i mean and the other guy too the uh john eagle guy is actually doing it which is crazy to me uh, slightly needlessly dangerous but yeah yeah uh knowing canon they probably did some inhuman thing like remove the alligator's jaw (laughs) or something horrific like that and then set it back out in the wild to slowly die when it can't hunt but no, they'd never do that. I, I'm sure they've never but, been guilty of uh, of animal abuse. Yeah. Uh, so what happens to Matt Hunter when, the, when this movie ends? <laughs> his his house has been blown up. So is, is he rebuilding the shack in the woods? But his only friend out there is dead. Is he, is he taking over John's uh, airboat business? I, I think... I don't even think he has his shit together enough to do that. I think he just... My idea was I think he just he just sets up a tent where his house used to be and like that's where he 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 lives like he he doesn't bother to rebuild he just he's he's comfortable with the idea of living in an, an even lower status of life than he was before because <laughs> it seems like Rostov should have pulled up and been like oh this is matt hunter's life oh man I, no i i guess i should just let him keep living <laughs> like yeah it's like oh, a better that's... punishment <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I agree. I think he should just like let it let it. Well, and I, again, if if Rostov had just let it lie, I don't think this movie happens. Like I think that Matt Hunter, <laughs> and the CIA comes to try to recruit him, and he's like, "Nah, like I'm done with that." It's like, what what are you hanging on to here, Matt? <laughs> like, it's not like you have a wife and kids. You you, you don't want to leave behind. Like, you're really attached to that armadillo. You can't uh you can't risk going off and dying, <laughs> fighting some terrorists. <laughs> And again, they they love they love doing this with Chuck Norris of just having this trope of like a call to action where he's he's the reluctant hero. I don't I don't know why they keep because they, they, they go to that trope in like right yeah think about every single Chuck Norris movie like it's yeah, wild. He's always how much... the reluctant hero has to be, but then it's 
often very easy to call him back in or very or they very or something they have to kill his best friend yeah but it seems like that relationship with the best friend was his only relationship and that's I, why now he has to be where he's like all right well i guess i got nothing to lose my only friend was just murdered and they almost killed my armadillo so i gotta do something yeah. about that um no i it, it is it is it seems like such a depressing life that he's living. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like the the worst punish the worst punishment of the two things is not death, but just letting him continue to have a shitty existence in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Which almost is like, are they trying to like play like is his reluctance to the call to action to be like, oh, like he's like fallen from like what he was and needs to be like re-stimulated, like like but like don't upset Chuck, like don't piss off Chuck Norris, so, like because once you do, like. <laughs> He'll no longer be a depressed alcoholic living by himself. He'll come out for revenge. Like, I don't know. I, uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. I, um, I don't know. It's, it's the, again, it's just, I think it's, it's like one of those weird things where Chuck Norris's sensibilities and Golan Globus's sensibilities seem to probably just overlap here. And they're like, yeah, this is, (laughs) this is what this guy would do. And like, this, this is what a badass is. But I'm like, in 1985, I feel like people would play into it and be like, yeah, "That's all I need. I just need like a shack, and need like my, my also airboat. maybe why Chuck Norris eventually abandoned like the ex-military guy and went to like being like detectives and cops <laughs> more so in some of like the 90s stuff because uh, I think it just became like, yeah, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, and it, but it's also like, again, in in 2023, if if you knew somebody who just lived in the woods like this, that was like a a veteran that was didn't talk to people was anti like people be worried about this person being dangerous right. like not he's not somebody you're gonna like hold in high well, regard well he is dangerous <laughs> well he is dangerous as long as you're cuban or russian so um but uh i just i yeah i think his life after this is is markedly worse than it was before and that was already pretty bad <laughs> yeah like and there's the reporter character he has a little bit of rapport with but like it's like yeah that's the that relationship is going nowhere like nothing is established of like that's any kind of real relationship of. i i wonder um if i, I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to try and set that up as as a a true love interest and they just realize like we're not gonna we're not gonna get there we yeah. just can't like it's just not gonna work so they, they just abandon the whole that whole subplot like halfway through the filming seems to be a weird like matcha thing with chuck norris of like a man is happy by himself <laughs> without like emotions and things it does not seem like a happy life but no i i don't think it, i mean would you argue that maybe that uh matt hunter is a virgin in this <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> there is no evidence to the contrary I he's almost more asexual than a virgin. <laughs> like if you well, tell me it was like a Ken doll down there, I should be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe that maybe that's why he hates Rustoff. Maybe Rustoff shot his dick off. And... <laughs> oh man, that'd be a, that'd be a great backstory. <laughs> that is actually a better backstory. And that's why he's reluctant to come back out because yeah, he had his dick shot off, and it's you know not feeling as masculine and tough as he once did. And <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I I think that's that's a real possibility. That, man, we that's, have that's fixed this beef. movie in so many ways. I um uh well I, one thing I did look up I I'm going all over the place now but I was reading the Wikipedia thing about this on the budget and uh supposedly the all of the airboat stuff in Miami or in, in the Everglades was was 
that was two million. And then supposedly Damn, they spent um, five million on that in sequence uh, that's taking, you know, with the tanks and all that other stuff. <laughs> okay, well that so, would make sense. Half so really half the budget went to <laughs> half the budget went to two action tanks and earbuds. <laughs> and then apparently Norris got two million for his his role, which I mean, wow. good damn, that's, that seems like a lot for 1985 Chuck Norris. But hey, good for him. Cash those checks, baby. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he really was. That I mean, sweet, he, sweet Canon money. I, yeah, I don't know when this was, but he was. This was when he was doing a a apparently a six six movie deal with uh, Canon. So because okay, this is after Missing in Action, I think Missing in Action was a pretty big hit. Yeah, relatively speaking, so th- that would kind of make sense that this might be at his most like biggest in demand of like, oh, this could be like the next guy. I mean, he, he kind of was. I mean, to yeah, your point, good, he he, he was. Run. He was smart that he he changed. He kind of changed tax in the early '90s, and, and that that kind of helped him have some some longevity that that Seagal and um, I mean, he some must other have made didn't have a ton of money off Walker Texas Ranger because that would have been when like if you're on a TV show for like seven years as and, a star, like producing credits probably, and all that right, stuff, like you're making some real, well, some real so, money on that. If I just do a really bad Google, apparently his net worth is between 70 and 100 million dollars which yeah is i mean i would i would believe that from just from walker texas ranger because and i'm sure like that stuff notoriously like yeah it's really like half of that because it's just accumulating every like article of what they get paid and it's like well there's like taxes and fees and different things but yeah i, I mean I, I think he's pretty well off yeah it looked like he had his own production company with with aaron norris um so i'm, I'm guessing Cordell Walker, I forgot that was his character's name. Um, yeah, he, he, he so he's done pretty well for himself. Props to Chuck. He uh, um, wow. can't can't act for shit, but he's done, made some good business deals. So. Yeah, and I think he's got also got some like martial arts studio stuff involvement investments around the country, and and the Total Gym or whatever the hell it was <laughs> yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. I forget about Total Gym. And he was in dodgeball. And he was in dodgeball. That's when he was, I think he had gone, that may be the tipping point for when he went to like what the kind of modern, modern take of what Chuck Norris is. Yeah. Of like becomes. switching to being like, uh, he becomes comical. a legend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All the internet memes and. Which is, uh, I'm kind of glad those have died down. Those, those were a little too, those got. It was a fun got, run for a while. And then yeah. it's like all that stuff. But then it got, um, but then it started like popping up on like Family Guy. Yep. Like, okay, it's way too mainstream now for it to be. <laughs> like, to be people would have like t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I always forget too, man. He was he he trained with Bruce Lee. I mean, like, yeah. I always forget that he he he's been around. Um, it's just crazy to think about. Um anyway. Well, um, all right, what else should we hit on this besides we've talked about uh om- omniscient Matt Hunter. Uh, we've talked about complete lack of continuity. <laughs> we've talked about rust off dick shootings. What do you so, uh, go ahead? Is this the best Chuck Norris movie? No, it's not the best Chuck Norris movie. I, I don't, oh man, but I also don't have a good answer to like what is the best Chuck Norris movie. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really like, um, Delta Four. Well, I really liked um, 
his pieces of Delta Force, and I really like the movie Silent Rage, which is like a a crazy. I I I originally saw that movie for the first time on MST3K or, or Rift Tracks, and it's it's a hilarious hilariously bad movie. But that to me is is a little more fun. This is to me Pete Cannon, but it's weird watching it through this time. I had a really hard time just keeping my attention. And I, I think again, it's because the, the continuity in this is so bad that if I'm tired and I, I want to just put something on, like this just doesn't, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it just couldn't hold my interest, it, it, which is strange. So what about you? Um, It's probably the one I've seen the most. Yeah. And I think it's got my favorite sequences, but <laughs> it's so it's not good even though i do like it and it's like you're talking about it's the pacing issues that it it almost feels like a greatest hits chuck norris movie so it'd be like that's a good that's a really good description it'd be it, yeah. like saying like oh like my favorite album by this band is a greatest hits album and be like well well yeah that's the greatest hits and it's like this is almost like chuck norris plays the greatest hits and it's like well sure but like it's not there's not a cohesive not that many of his movies have a cohesive film feel to them no but uh, that, that's a really that's a really good description of it you get a little bit of him doing everything like you get him trying to deliver puns and jokes you get Fun cannon dual dual Uzi shootout in a mall. You know, you get car chases, you get the airboat stuff. It's it is it is like a yeah, but it it it's weird. Like I just felt bored by this. As strange as that sounds, like it was fun, and it, it, to me, it is kind of peak cannon. But it is, I just needed like one layer more of trying to actually tie something together. It's yeah, and I feel it's it's so close to hitting that layer that like you could see oh this could this could be the best chuck norris movie like by like leaps and bounds like clearly could be yeah if they just had a little more narrative push behind everything because a lot of his movies i find like they get they have boring sequences in them where i kind of check out for like 20 minutes this i don't think any of the individual sequences are boring they just don't string together in a cohesive way so your brain kind of is like okay what is this nonsense now they're on the beach they're at this random bar with a, a pimp washing his car like what's, what's... it's it, uh, yeah it, that 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 to me was the challenge of this is like i never really have an, a good sense of where the movie's going and why and eventually i think fatigue just kind of sets in and i, I stopped I stopped sort of following it along, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it hard to care, depending on how invested you in just watching like a YouTube montage of random Chuck Norris scenes. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is not a bad thing, but when you spend twelve million dollars to make a random montage, that's probably <laughs> not what your actual intention w- w- yeah, yeah. was starting out to be. Um, yeah, no, I, I but I. I so I, I guess, you know, if I was rating this, uh, or I am rating this, <laughs> um, and I, I went back and forth on 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 what the scale should be, but I'm going to give this three out of five micro Uzis, because um, <laughs> I, I really, I like the peak 80s, peak can stuff, but but yeah, man, just being honest, I did have a hard time with the continuity and just, just keeping keeping myself checked in the whole time. Yeah, talking about this, I feel... Um... 
like my, your rating may we have waned may have gone down a bit except I, I feel we're really bagging on it but my initial rating was the three out of five earbuds uh, <laughs> and I, I think i might keep it there um i i I think that kind of like what makes this movie fun. There's so much craziness and so many things that are easy to like nitpick about it that when you talk about it, it probably sounds like you hate it more than you do because it's so easy to laugh at and make fun of. But overall experience, like I mean, I've, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen this movie in my life, but enough where I clearly enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I do too. I, I do. I do enjoy it. And I think it's got some memorable set piece scenes that any action fan like has to see. Like yeah. the suburban Atlanta stuff, the mall stuff, the final sequence here, the, like the dick uh, shooting, the dick shooting. Yeah, it's got it's got some pretty high highs that there's just not enough narrative tissue there to elevate it to being like a classic necessarily, but. Yeah, it's it's got some fun. It's got some fun stuff in it. Um, this is a random question. What do you think? Like, what is the modern equivalent of of this? Do you think is there is there one? Do you or do you think this would just be some kind of straight to video type thing? Uh, yeah, because there's still those straight to video things that I, I think large that often get shot in like Europe. Yeah, um, and that that I'm not as in touch with anymore. I think there's stuff out there. Part of it is with the with digital cameras now. You don't. It's so much cheaper on that. So you're not. I think you can, and I think the action sequences they tend to have better choreographed or better structured, at least on those. And while like the acting may not be good, that like they just don't quite. It's not as wild. No one's it's not like they're spending like twelve million dollars hoping for like a big box office hit. They know what they're making. That this isn't this isn't gonna be like a hundred million dollar surprise box office hit. Like this is being sold right. to like direct to video, red box, whatever, pay-per-view stuff. And so I, I think like you know, you lose a bit of that earnestness of like maybe this will be a big hit. Where everyone's kind of like, yeah, we know what we're doing here. And like, there's just oh, an audience yeah, yeah. for these generic action movies that we'll keep churning out. Kind of like you're almost killing hope before it even, uh, you can even have it. Yeah. And that is, I, I don't know, sometimes um, makes me sad if some of like the streaming things, it's like, like everyone making this, I think you lose something when it's like, well, this wasn't going to, it's going to only get so big. Yeah. And when you know a movie is going to be released in movie theaters, like across the country, there's always that hope of like, I mean, sleeper hits do happen from small movies that blow up somehow. And it's like, that could be us. I think you lose a little bit of that knowing like, oh, we're just going to get dropped on Netflix and like we might be big on Netflix for a week and then this is going to be over. No, yeah, that's what happened with um, Halloween, I think, was it opened kind of slow in, in theaters and then all of a sudden it, it, it kind of caught on and started growing so and it, you know that it kind of became a phenomenon I, to your point the way media is stratified today i don't think that could happen, yeah, happen like, anymore do we get like sleeper hits anymore i'm sure we'd must but i'm trying to think like it's 
almost like it's oh it's surprising this tv show got as popular as it did but it's like well it was still like a significant production of yeah tv shows are a little different with that i don't feel we get many surprise hit movies or they're like um like modestly surprising yeah you don't get like a blair witch project that like something that blows up no like like um independent filmmaking that can actually make it into theaters or get to a large audience is not like a yeah you rarely just doesn't exist today or it's like, or it's like oh like it's surprising how big a hit like top gun maverick was it's like but it's not shocking that there was <laughs> that that was a big success just how successful it was was surprising and you get that more than just oh wow that little movie made 120 million dollars like yeah it's i don't know i don't know why well i, I we know why it's your point street streaming services like that it, that's just not yeah um, a, well in any like little movie like that that like, like it has that potential just gets bought up by someone um a streamer and it's just right to streaming or something like yeah because they're like well yeah we'll take the guaranteed like 20 million dollars yeah rather than the or what i don't I mean yeah i mean maybe not 20 million but we oh we spent five hundred thousand dollars making this and someone wants to buy it for four million like yeah i think we have to do that <laughs> like yeah yeah fair 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 and then split with someone or like yeah i don't know exactly how finances where... work <laughs> i'm not smart <laughs> <laughs> where would you rate this i know i i feel like i did kind of talk us down a little bit so i, I apologize i um i still enjoy this it's still a fun movie but yeah no no i still i still enjoy it. i still have it the three out of five i think and keep it there um, okay. I um, go. Ahead. I mean, I know I'll definitely watch it again <laughs> in in my life. Hell yeah, you will. Um, because it it is a perfect movie to have on, like in the background, or you catch it on TV. Because because I, I guess that's why I have affection for this movie. Watching it on TV so much, it never mattered where you caught it because this, there's no there, there's like, no cohesion. Behind so, it. so like. <laughs> yeah. It's broken up by commercials or catching it halfway or like the experience is no different. You weren't like missing out. You just get to see like some crazy shit in an action movie. So like it almost doesn't matter. You're plays right. better like on cable in like the 80s and 90s than it does today when you're probably more likely to be like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. And you start at the beginning like, wow, this movie is not great. But <laughs> Watching like 50 minutes of it on USA <laughs> kind of works a lot better. That, that's probably that's I think maybe why my memory of it is is just I enjoyed it more and then watching it now. If I have to sit down, and just sit and try and watch this in one go through and just not ca- catching it in fits and spurts, I think I had a harder time with it. Yeah, I also think it's one that helps to watch with other people on the same wavelength. Yes, um, for that it because you need it helps not to just be on your own to have someone else like laughing at it or pointing out ridiculous stuff in it. Or that it 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 plays well with an audience more so I think than no I, I than think a you're solo right. watch <laughs> then I think you're then right. you kind of live in the Matt Hunter life uh, sitting by yourself watching Invasion USA in your shack in the swamp. <laughs> It's that sweet, sweet Matt Hunter life that <laughs> that in 2023 nobody wants a part of. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, uh, well, so what do we want to do next? I, I know we, we've, we've, we've kicked it around a little bit. I think we're a little behind our, on what our initial schedule was for, for doing this run, but I think the first one comes yeah. out. Do uh, what Delta force one comes out next Friday. Yeah, so that's uh, what twenty like seven. Can't do dates. Um, I twenty six, and then oh, this is all. When people listen to this, this will all already have happened. So in theory, this would come out June sixteenth. Yeah. Okay. Which would give us. Um, so if we still, I think we'd still do the Indiana Jones. We give us like two weeks before that comes out to release a couple. That's true. And then do two more. And maybe the new one after, which would get us to like July twenty first or June. Then roll into June something. June twenty first, or no, you're right, July, July. Sorry, my bad. To do, yeah, to do all five. Uh, and then the summer's Dr. over. Jones. Summer is over, and we have to. Yeah, I fucking hate how early school starts. Here. <laughs> it's so depressing. Yeah, too. <laughs> well, you said your kids are out this week right now, right? I, I think we have. Yeah, they, we have two more full weeks. Okay, school ends Wednesday, but then they go back like August third. <laughs> Jesus, that is early. Yeah, yeah. So it's really like August isn't a summer month, uh, which is weird because it's August and <laughs> it's my birthday month. Damn it! I should, yeah, it should be summer. Um, yeah. So okay, we're gonna do so stick on the plan of doing Indiana Jones, and then the, the new like the new one comes out. Uh, what is it? June is it June thirty? June thirtieth. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Start watching. Start watching, which I, I know up here, I think um, June 4th, I think Raiders is going to be in the theater. Yes. And the 7th. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to, okay. I already bought tickets to go see, to go see it. Okay. I'm debating about um, trying to go or not below. There's um, a bunch of movies coming out that I know the kids will want to go see. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Carter with me to, to go see, um, to go see Raiders. Cause I, I don't, think he's seen it all the way through okay so so try and try and, and i think that's probably going to be a pretty good theater experience to see um okay. so I'm, so i know I'm, we're trying to do these in reverse order i wonder if we should but we don't necessarily need to record them that way um <laughs> we might want to well, just if you see raiders then if we just want to like shortly after that try to do the episode um yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, okay, we we'll figure it out. Uh, that's not a bad idea. Just yeah. to just to keep yeah. it, yeah, just to keep some cohesion around like what we're watching and when. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm excited to come back and revisit these. I haven't. I want to say I haven't seen really in a, any of them in like I don't know, a couple years. Okay, interesting. There are except for Crystal Skull that I probably haven't seen in a couple of years, but the other three are on a kind of, kind of pretty in the kind of a constant rotation for me of um, throwing stuff on. Yeah, I, I I've got the DVD set. I just need to actually watch it. Like it, it's weird. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. You know, with kids, it's it's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. To... Well, those and sometimes those are movies. They fall into like two places. These are something I just put on all the time, but never quite sit down to like fully watch it, start to finish, because I kind of always have it on of like stuff's going on. 
Um, or it'll be a movie like that where I never put it on because I'm waiting for a moment. Cause I want to like sit down and watch and really enjoy this <laughs> and like give it proper attention. And that time never seems to quite come. Um, the, the, that, 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 that's that, why yeah, I, yeah. I watched creep show last night at, you know, 1130 at night because I was like, <laughs> okay, everybody else went to bed. It's a scary movie. So I can watch this without the kids having to, yeah. come stumbling in forever <laughs> yeah and I, I i can just watch this it's it's uh yeah. it, it, it it's weird it's weird to not have those windows um yeah because then you go i go into like a week and be like all right this week i'm gonna try to watch this um and then like the weeks going by it's like i don't know when that's gonna happen and that seems insane that like like a less than two hour movie i'm struggling to like fit into a time to sit and watch <laughs> um but but such is life say love you my friend say love indeed <laughs> all right i will i will on that note <laughs> i will catch you later for the uh indie run um uh, this has been a fun one um, classic and, wistful note we end our podcast on every every week <laughs> yep yeah on that note goodbye Chicago. <laughs>